Here we are, Locked On NFL alongside the scout, Matt Williamson. I am Brian Peacock. We're taking you around the league on the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to this show on all of your favorite podcast apps, and you can find me on Twitter at BD Peacock. You can follow Matt at Williamson NFL. And the number one story in the NFL world, in the sports world, a shocking one, Matt, the retirement suddenly of Andrew Luck. Oh, it's gigantic. I mean, it's uh, it's it's flooring. I mean, but you you list you watch his press conference, and I understand what the guy's saying. You know, I mean, he just kept saying it's injury, recovery, injury again. You know, over and over, his body's been so beat up, and everyone remembers the shoulder injury that lingered, let him out for a year, and then this one sounds like it just won't go away. But I mean, this guy's had two lacerated or injured organs. I mean, like, this guy's had yeah. serious injuries he's played through and really has gotten beaten up. And part of me um, is really – well, all of me is very disappointed, but part of me is really uh, looks at guys like Ryan Grigson and be like, man, you should have protected this asset better when yeah. he was younger. Yeah, that's rough. It's just from the, uh, the selfishness of a fan of football and a fan of Andrew Luck not getting the chance to see him play and really see – fully what he could have become and just with all those injuries and unfortunately the Colts weren't able to protect him and so he has to protect himself and actually we have the audio from that retirement speech is isn't how I uh, envision this or plan this uh, but but I am going to retire uh, this is not an easy decision uh, honestly it's the hardest decision of my life uh, but it is the right decision for me uh, for the last Four years or so, I've been in this cycle of injury, pain, rehab, injury, injury, pain, rehab. Uh, and it's been unceasing and relenting, unrelenting, both in season, both in and off season. Uh, and I felt stuck in it. And the only way I see out uh, is, is to, to no longer play football. Uh, it's, it's taken my joy of this game away. Uh, and uh, this you can tell that's rough for him and he's getting choked up a little bit there because he doesn't want to but he has to protect himself yeah i mean i understand i mean again it's very shocking we'll certainly talk about the ramifications on the league the division you know what they have left in Brissett, who i'm really high on but man he was playing honestly his best football to end last year and, and for a long stretch and it's highly disappointing. I mean, I, I honestly thought he was on a Hall of Fame pace. I thought he was the second best quarterback in the league last year. And I don't have any inkling of this, but uh, come Thanksgiving, do you think he might think about coming back again? You know, I mean, yeah, I, it's got to be tough because he he loves the game. And when he does get healthy and he feels good, and maybe it's in the off season mm -hmm. next year and right before training camp starts to go, and when he would normally be getting into playing a lot of football, maybe. He'll miss it, I wonder. And But we thought the same thing with Barry Sanders forever. And Barry Sanders right. walked away uh, nearly the same age. Uh, Andrew Luck was going to turn 30 in a few weeks. I believe it was just after Barry Sanders' age 30 season when he walked away from the NFL in 1998. And it's probably the most shocking retirement since then with Andrew Luck, who threw for 4,500 yards last year. And I'm not old enough to remember when John Elway came out in the draft, but a lot of people talk about how that was the best prospect ever. Yeah, right. And for me, it was Andrew Luck. He was the cleanest guy I ever seen coming out of the draft. It was just the talent was there. Everything was there from the neck up, 
physically could throw, was athletic, and unfortunately, we're, we're not going to get to see that peak. No, you're 100% right. I mean, he's the best quarterback prospect that I remember. I mean, I was 10 years old when Elway came out in 83. Um, like you said, super clean, really no negatives. And for a little while there, early in his career, I thought he was slightly overrated as an NFL player. I mean, poor guy was a rookie, and everyone thought, well, you know, he's as good as Brady, he's as good as Rodgers. Like, he wasn't yet. And then there was that stretch after that where he was just getting destroyed and behind terrible offensive lines. And I thought he was very underrated. People then thought, this guy's kind of a bust. He's not taking the Colts to the promised land. Like, boy, his supporting cast is so rough, though. And then last year, I thought he really started to hit his peak. And a lot of it was because finally they protected him. The scheme was really friendly to him and smart, which should give the Colts fans hope for Brissett, too. Okay, Matt, that is definitely the number one story of the day, Andrew Luck, but there are some other big stories in the NFL and, unfortunately, some injuries we've got to cover from the Week 3 preseason action right after this. Dudes, listen up. Let's talk about sex. Good sex. Remember those days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. I've told you about them many times. If you haven't tried it, you're out of your mind. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Guys, I never understood the pill thing. I mean, hey, you're going to make an appointment for an hour from now? I mean, BlueChew works so much better. Um... Now, this isn't just for guys that can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra functionality to enhance their performance in the bedroom. That's all of you. Um, Blue Chew is prescribed online, ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, zero awkwardness. Made in the USA, and Blue Chew prepares and ships direct. They're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, they have a fantastic deal for all of you listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment totally free when you use our promo code LOCKEDONNFL. All you're paying is $5 shipping, and you're getting way more than $5 worth of product. And the promo code is LOCKEDON. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to try it free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them a great deal for sponsoring the podcast. Well, another scary uh, quarterback situation, Cam Newton. Uh, He left his game... I believe in a walking boot due to a foot injury. I don't think we know the details yet on what that foot injury means or how severe it is for Cam Newton, but uh, that's another player that's dealt with a ton of injuries in the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunately sort of similar. You're coming back from a a shoulder, and now you get a lower leg injury. Um, Hopefully it's not nearly as severe, and the shoulder wasn't as bad as luck. They're both huge strapping first overall picks with very unique and impressive skill sets. Um, uh, We don't know what this means, but I do think at this stage of his career, if his mobility is compromised, which I imagine it will be to some point if he plays in week one, he's way better equipped with it now than before. I mean, yes, he still runs. Yes, he's still a great Mike Allstott-like runner and short yardage guy. But the offense has evolved so much more under Norv Turner that uh, as, as what happened to Luck, too. I mean, uh, that's around that stage of your career, you can't rely on your body and your brawn. you got to rely on your brains a little bit more. And, and Newton had the best accuracy percentage of his career. 
get it out quick, get it in the hands of McCaffrey and Samuel and Moore and all these guys and let them do the work. And he doesn't have to be Superman anymore. So if he is a little hobbled, I don't know that that derails the Panthers if it's only for a couple weeks. And there's, oh man, I, Jordan Reed. I mean, this, this poor guy, I wouldn't be surprised if he walks away because uh, the injuries he's had to deal with and now it looks like a concussion problem for him and uh, it's been a rough go injury wise for Jordan Reed and he keeps coming back and love the talent and man it's it's just it's just bad luck all around for him it is and I mean you can I know people will joke about it in the fantasy community oh big shock Jordan Reed got hurt again but I feel for him man I mean it, it as besides Gronkowski I mean when he's on the field on a game-by-game basis he's as productive as any tight end in the last 10 years or so. And people overlook that. And um, he isn't Gronk. You know, he's not as physical. He's a little more dependent on movement skills and has been compromised a lot. And we've heard this before and I don't want to, you know, bask in it too much, but uh, I mean, we kept hearing he's had the best camp we've seen in a long time. He's moving around better than ever. So hopefully it's just a, I mean, for me, just a concussion, but hopefully it's just a, a mild concussion He's back moving around as he did in training camp and has a great year because they need him bad. I mean, their receivers are very poor. Sooner than later, they're going to break in a rookie quarterback, and Reed would be instrumental in making his life easier. You know, you mentioned something there, and not as not as much from someone like Jordan Reed and the, the fantasy aspect. I know people get uh, really mad when their players are hurt and they're not able to use right. them on their fantasy teams, and they feel sometimes slighted. And, uh, in fact, I had just drafted Andrew Luck about – an hour before that announcement came through. And I thought my friends that were texting me were, were messing with me. And then no, sure enough, it was, it was true, but some people were actually booing Andrew Luck. And that's like, that's just, and I've seen some weird stuff on Twitter too. And people ripping Andrew Luck for somehow not being tough enough to be able to, to want to rehab again. And it's like, are you people out of your minds? I, you have, you just you just want this guy to go out and uh, and put it all on the line and, and get killed and be broken down for your pleasure. It's it's kind of it kind of gets odd at some point. It does, and people take their fantasy teams way too seriously. First of all, but hey, I'm a big <laughs> fantasy guy. You're a big fantasy guy. We do a lot here. I get it. It's fun, but if you just drafted them, get over it. You know, this is bigger news. But what really bothers me, and you kind of touched on too, is I mean. Colts fans booed him as he walked off the field. That's crazy. I mean, that really, really bothers me. And rarely does anything that the masses do get under my skin. But this guy has been a great player for you. Um, your franchise would be garbage without him the last couple of years. I mean, he put this team on his shoulders to make them even respectable before Frank Reich showed up. And, I mean, I imagine the emotions. I mean, I'm trying to put my my self in the seats of one of those fans saying okay I tailgated like crazy for this preseason game I had a couple too many beverages my phone blows up Andrew Luck's retired there he is on the sideline I'm looking right at him and then he walks off and I am so frustrated and I have mixed emotions and I'm mad but still you don't boo him I mean are you crazy I mean you should have all stood up and cheered for him as right has been the opposite way of doing things and yeah, that bothered me quite a bit yeah, that's it's something you definitely don't like to see, and I, maybe some of them in the moment, like you said, it would would want to take that back. But absolutely, uh, he deserves an ovation, you know, for what he's done for the franchise. And mm-hmm. uh, and I'm actually surprised that the franchise is going to let him walk with a lot of that money. They could have tried to recoup what twenty 
five or so million dollars of signing bonus money. money. Yeah. I mean, he's going <laughs> to he's still going to lose 50 plus million dollars of his contract that he's not going to play out and, and earn. But they let him keep that, which I think is also a great thing for uh, Jim Mercer to do and the Colts organization, which is something that the Detroit Lions did not do with uh, Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson. Yeah, I mean, I do think it's telling. I think it's very generous. But I also wear the tinfoil hat a little bit, too, and think maybe Mr. Ursay thinks this will be a an easier path to keep relations open with Andrew. And maybe when he re- wakes up one day and misses football, um, he might come come on back. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I think that's possible. I mean, who knows? Again, it's just it's so early. He was so football-oriented. His dad was a really good quarterback. He's been a prodigy his whole life, but I never thought that he was Cade McNown where it was shoved down his throat. You got the impression he loved it, and his body's just been failing him, and now he wants to um, you know, heal and have a normal life. Uh, real quick, I wanted to just back up a second, though. I mean, you talked about the booing and people mad about him on their fantasy team. Get over it. But I've heard a lot of analysts since this news came out saying, as a first overall pick, was Andrew Luck a bust? I think that's a crazy conversation. Wow. I mean, Jamarcus Russell was a bust. I mean, did Andrew Luck live up to his LeBron-like potential? No, but that didn't mean that it was a bad pick or it was a bust. Or I mean, when we look back, if he never plays again, I guess his career was a little disappointing, but it's more like a what if, as and he could have been one of the all-time greats as opposed to, Man, he was he, he wasn't that good. He didn't live up to the billing. You know, like I didn't see that at all. I mean, he was the second best quarterback in the league last year. Yeah, and I mean that's the thing. It's a disappointing end of his career. And if this is truly the end forever for Andrew Luck as a quarterback, and yeah, so six he only played what five and a half out of his seven seasons due to injury, and mm. they were some pretty good seasons, especially the last few full seasons he had. I mean, in fact, there was only one time in his career that he didn't throw for 4,000 yards as a as a full-time starter in 16 games. And so that's um, 40 touchdowns, 39 last year, 40 touchdowns in 2014, which is really the year he blew up and, and sort of came into his own was that 2014 season as a 25-year-old. But if anything, the bust is on management side, right? Right, they, right. They busted by not, by not yeah, protecting him. Because if, if not for those injuries, and maybe if there was just one fewer injury, he'd be on the field right now. And maybe he plays another 10 years like Brady and, and Drew Brees have. Yeah, I, I was every step of the way, I was very critical of Ryan Grigson in terms of how he treated luck and didn't get the protection he needed, didn't use all the resources as well as he could. But the luck deserves some blame, too. I mean, as cerebral as he is. He was a hold the ball in the pocket to the last minute type of guy or, you know, like a Wentz running with the ball and diving into the end zone and, you know, not protecting his body either, even though it's a big, strong strapping body. So, I mean, it's a rough game. I mean, I, mean, yeah. I hate to you know, just you know, pitter-patter it away, but I, I hope he comes back. I really do. Yeah, and hopefully he does and, and maybe feels better a year from now and feels healthy and thinks he can give it another go. That would be really cool. And mm-hmm. it's it, you mentioned it, and with Cam Newton, is the same way. Almost um, to their own detriment, there are these big strapping guys that can take some punishment. And then after a while, we've even seen a lot of injuries from Ben Roethlisberger, the way he hangs in the pocket. And, and it's great as a football player. And I remember the Andrew Luck play from Stanford where he tackled a guy after an interception. And uh, I would have had no problem if, if he 
played linebacker if he couldn't throw because uh, of of his toughness and the way he can move and the way he hit somebody um, on that day. But sometimes they're their own worst enemy as far as they're they're tough and they're mentally tough and they're physically big and strapping. But at at a certain point, you just can't take that much punishment. No, right. And it's interesting those three in particular because. I am closer to the Steelers, and the Steelers moved on from Bruce Arians, who was an exceptional coordinator, went on to do great things because Ben was getting killed. You know, they didn't think that Ben would last much longer, and instead they reinvested in linemen. They they hired Todd Haley, whose basic job was teach this guy to get the ball out of his hands because he can't get hit anymore or we're not going to have a quarterback much longer. And I think that was a big thing that Reich did with luck for sure, especially that first month of the season. Um, when he didn't know that they had a great line, they just had a couple rookies and we'll see what we have. And luck shoulder wasn't as, you know, was a little bit questionable at that point, or at least you didn't know everything was get it out super quick. And even like I mentioned with Newton, since North Turner got there, I mean, so three big coaching changes, the ball, the way that the Panthers have played has changed dramatically. And a lot of these guys, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, I mean, RG three needs to be brought up in this luck conversation because he was drafted the year after. Like, if those guys don't change their ways, they're not going to last, even as they're impressive as Newton and Luck and Ben. Eventually, you need to play from the pocket, get it out, and go with your reads and keep things within the frame of of the structure. And it saves your body. There's another, unfortunately, another major injury we've got to get into. I wanted to save it for the last segment because uh, it's got big-time implications for, uh, like we mentioned before, not only fantasy teams, but the Houston Texans losing their number one running back for the year. So it is a torn ACL and MCL for Lamar Miller. He's going to be done for the 2019 season. And man, it really looks good now that the Texans added Duke Johnson via trade from the Cleveland Browns. But uh, I feel like they still got some more work to do at running back now because that's a huge loss. It's a big loss for sure. Um, I don't mean to make light of it. I feel bad for any injury. Don't get me wrong. But like, and I am spinning this through a fantasy lens. I was drafting Duke Johnson left and right whenever they traded for him because I thought Duke was a better running back than given credit for, especially going back to his college days in terms of workload. He's not theoretic. I mean, he's able to handle a more of a workload than a pure receiving back, and he's a very, very good receiver. So I thought this landing spot was great for him and great for the Texans, and I think it's telling – they gave up a third-round pick for him. I mean, today's NFL, they had plans on using him. I mean, it wasn't like a, a side deal. We'll just throw him a six, and we'll see what happens if you know when Duke gets here. So I think that they were very fortunate in terms of the timing there. Um, Miller's fine. I mean, it, again, this is a very fantasy-driven way of looking at it. But anyone that drafts Lamar Miller the last couple of years, everyone goes, well, guess you had to. That's boring, yawn. You know, it doesn't yeah. get rave reviews when you put the sticker on the wall. And that's just who he is, and my hunch is when he probably – I mean, who knows how he recovers, but um, this might be the beginning of the end for him because he wasn't that dynamic to begin with. But my thoughts are, wow, I mean, they might throw the ball a ton. <laughs> you know, the, I mean, I worry about the protection a little bit, but if QT, Fuller, Hopkins, Duke, and insert whatever tight end is out there, Watson might throw for a gajillion yards. It's very interesting, and I was thinking the same thing. Will they go pass-heavy, especially with the current running back situation they have now and Duke Johnson being a good receiving back anyway, so it just would lend itself to throwing the ball maybe a little bit more, or do you think they try to make a big move, maybe even someone like Melvin Gordon? 
Yeah, I was actually thinking Melvin Gordon all of a sudden sounds appealing. They've been rumored to you know maybe be trading Clowney. They've also been linked to Trent Williams. I mean, could you pull all three off <laughs> and then, yeah. then play in a week from now? I mean, probably not. But um, all of a sudden, the division looks a lot more winnable without Mr. Luck in Indianapolis, too. You won the division last year. I think I'd knock, I'd, I'd give a call to the Chargers, that's for sure. And I, I probably would if I were Tampa as well. Um, I'd rather have linemen than running backs, though. If I could get Trent Williams or I can get Gordon, I'd rather have Trent Williams. Yeah, I'd make both of those calls, but I think I would call Washington first about Trent Williams and sort of the theme of the show now is, hey, protect your quarterback. <laughs> and You see yeah. Andrew Luck retire, you see Cam Newton get hurt, get deemed up, and you th- got to think, man, okay, are we set? Can we protect our quarterback? If you're any team around the league, if you're a team like the Texans and a young quarterback like Deshaun Watson, who's, you know, he had an ACL in the past, and man, I would make that phone call to Washington yesterday. He's a perfect example. I mean, he's a different style. He's not as big and strapping as Cam and Ben and Luck, but he can't run around like a lunatic either the next couple of years and, and extend plays three, four seconds and expect to be a consistent player either. And he needs to operate more from the pocket. A lot of that's on him, but more of it's on the poor blocking around him. Um, so it, this is an instrumental year for him, and it would be nice to lean on a Lamar Miller. I mean, remember they got rid of Dante Foreman. That was shocking. That was kind of big news two weeks ago or whatever. And then the Colts just cut him too. So he's another injury guy that that, that can't uh, pass a physical. But I would imagine they're in the market for an early down back at a minimum. There is yet another bit of injury news from Saturday's NFL action and Jaguars wide receiver DJ Chark, who uh, looks like he was starting to come into his own and had uh, has a pretty good season, I think, ahead of him with the Jacksonville Jaguars. But uh, he suffered a concussion in that preseason week three game, and so we don't know how long he'll be out. But um, what are your feelings on Shark? I know we did. We I don't think we talked much about him on Friday's show. Wide receivers, we might have touched on him just shortly. But uh, what are your thoughts on the injury and uh, his his outlook for the 2019 season? And how'd you like him coming out of the draft? Is he somebody you'd be buying on late in fantasy drafts? Um, I like him now more than I did coming out of LSU. I mean, I thought he was kind of a long strider, speed only, outside the numbers. Remember Devery Henderson from LSU or Teddy Ginn or one of those type of guys that kind of only does one thing. But there's been a lot of buzz about him before this injury this year in his second season. And the little I've seen of him, it looks like he's a much more developed route runner, comebacks, out routes, you know, things like that. It's not just goes and and, and posts. They need him, and I think between him and D.D. Westbrook, that's an okay group. I mean, neither one's really a one, but they're different styles, and they complement each other real well. Um, the offense needs to stay healthy. They, it, I still don't have high hopes for the Jags offense, but I do expect it to be noticeably better than a year ago. We have a couple minutes left here. We haven't really talked about much of the on-field action. Unfortunately, there's a lot of injury news to talk about here on the show. Uh, was there any big takeaways you had from some of the, the action over the weekend? Uh, one I just want to throw out there is I'm really intrigued with the Ravens. I think we've talked about Baltimore a fair amount, but Trace McSorley played really well. They, they saved Lamar. Um, and, and teams, that's a totally different note, but week three, People aren't playing like they used to. That's to say the least. I mean, these guys are saved up. They do not want injuries. 
And I'm not saying Trace McSorley's great, but I thought that that was the first game we saw glimpses of the style of offense they will run with Lamar. And we brought up RG3 later, you know, earlier. The three of those guys are all athletic running quarterbacks. There's no Flacco's in the mix anymore. There's no flies in the ointment. Um, I think they're going to run the ball a lot, but I think they'll be a better passing team than people think. And, and I think that Ravens offense is extremely intriguing and really rivals the Cardinals for the one I want to see most this year. Um, we saw Marquise Brown get back on the field and didn't do a lot, but the fact that he's out there is scary to me if I'm the Steelers, Bengals, Browns. I mean, he's a frightening guy. Justice Hill, Miles Boykin, Mark Andrews, pretty decent line, and I think that scheme's going to be really impressive. So I have high hopes for the Ravens. Suddenly a whole lot of speed on that Ravens team, and that yeah. really wasn't what their M.O. was for a long time. They were a beat-you-up sort of, a franchise, and now, I mean, they can still kind of beat you up because they plan to run the ball a lot, it looks like, but then, man, that could create some big plays as well. I think a lot of play action and the threat of run on every play from not only your quarterback, but the the running game and a lot of speed on the outside. I'm with you, man. That's going to be one of the more intriguing watches for me every weekend. Yeah, I mean, I think there'll be a lot of pre-snap motion, a lot of formations teams are not used to dealing with. Uh, Marquise Brown screaming across the field in jet motion like Tyreek Hill and freezing guys, and then they run the opposite way or throw off of that. And I, I, I forget where I read this, but I would give them credit. I forget how exactly it was phrased. But something I read today when I was on the treadmill was, if you can be really good at one thing on offense that the rest of the league isn't, you're super hard to prepare for. Just think about that. I mean, if it's week four and you got to go to Baltimore and wow, this team is not like any of the other 31 and I got four days to prepare for them. And I only see them once every couple of years or, you know, I mean, and they're exceptional at what they do or you know, that makes you really, really hard to play against in this league and prepare for. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. And the one thing I will say, though, that would worry me if I'm a Ravens fan is, and again, protect your quarterback. A running quarterback yeah. a lot of times ends up being a hurt quarterback. Uh, I would worry about the health of Lamar Jackson because he's one guy that you can't just completely protect because you need him running the ball to be at max value. Yes, and the youngster needs to learn, slide, go out of bounds, you know, live the fight another day. You're too important for this because he's bad at it. I mean, frankly, and RG3 was bad at it. I hope he's not learning from him in that regard. You need to learn that uh, you got to fight another day. No one to no one to hold him, no one to fold him. You watch watch like Russell Wilson or when Rodgers ran a lot. They never take hits. You know, I mean, they get right to the point where they're safe, they slide, take advantage of the rules, first down, break your back, do it again. Looking forward to seeing that and looking forward to seeing all these teams on the field. We're getting close a week out from kicking this thing off for real. Matt, always a pleasure chatting with you. Tomorrow we will be doing the over-unders team win totals. We'll start with the AFC tomorrow, then we'll do NFC Wednesday right here, Locked On NFL.